Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And I am joined, as always, by the venerable, hardworking scribe known as Larry Goodman. Got a bigger build-up and a bigger intro today. How are you doing, Larry? Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, all, I mean, at least I'm here almost always. I'm I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Um, you know, it's it's fall or what passes for fall in Florida has hit. <laughs> So um, it's, uh, I mean, it's a great time of year. I always think Georgia and Florida, um, fall and spring um, are just beautiful times of the year to be in the South. And boy, it sure is nice right now. I'm out on my, my little Lanai area and um, it's a great time of night. Um, how are you doing? So man, you were, you were busy. Let's, I mean, let's just jump right in. What, what happened on your wrestling weekend, Larry? Well, well, yeah. Let's jump right in, though. I'm better than okay, actually, because the Cubs yes. opened the World Series oh tonight. I, I thought of you. I thought of like, you. I, you know, like Steve, I may be venerable, yeah. but it's never happened yes. in my fucking lifetime. I know. Think about that. <laughs> That's mind blowing. Did it? Did, I mean, uh, we're, we're talking not even your like father's lifetime, right? Like, I mean, no, no. Well, I mean, not not since they won. I mean, he was alive when they right. played, but no, not since they won. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And I mean, uh, and and the smart money says that they're going to win in five or possibly even sweep. Though I, I guess as a Cubs fan, that probably like clutches at your heart a little bit to hear people uh, say things like that. But it certainly looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, and they got Schwarber back on the uh, roster for the World Series. Oh yeah. Well, but before I wax too strong on that, we'll go back to we'll go back to wrestling. Or that starts the day to what a little after eight tonight. So uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I might have to forego um, just have to forego SmackDown tonight to watch those Cubbies. Um, oh no. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, big big weekend in Georgia wrestling, no doubt, and a very successful weekend. It appears all the way yeah. around. Um, uh, I don't have, and maybe you have gotten a report from Peach State on how they did, um, but everyone else seems to have done quite well over the weekend. 
both artistically and at the box office, from what I can tell. Let's uh, let's work backwards. Let's start with AWE. I didn't get a chance to read the report, but I certainly heard about the show. I had a number of friends that were there. Um, I did see that you had you had quoted them at 175. Holy guacamole! That's got to be their biggest crowd by far, um, especially in a very very long time in a very cool venue. I would venture to say their biggest because I don't think at Masquerade they hit 175, and um, yes, there were some uh, a good number of reduced price tickets because they had like this first timer ticket for like five bucks. Yeah, and then you've got you've got some papering, but still, um, I think the gate came in, if I'm not mistaken, around twenty five hundred dollars, because still the tickets were, you know, anybody who didn't get that first timer ticket paid a pretty pretty decent price. So yeah, they did about twenty five hundred dollars gate, um, and they, you know, they had their um, the Sky Vodka girls were there passing out that cranberry vodka junk. Um, and, <laughs> Damn, uh, you, know, you got you so eating they, on the cranberry vodka. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I just don't. I'm just a beer drinker. I just, you know, I tried one this time, but it's like it's just not my thing. But um, yeah. So they you're a Chicago man, of course. You're only going to drink the beer. You're not going to drink some some crap that's going to prevent urinary tract infection. That's not what you're looking for in a right. drink. <laughs> but I will say, I, as a Chicago, and I've I've I'm not, I've drunk quite a bit of old style in my time, which is not good beer, but it is something that used to be served at the ballpark <laughs> all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing that. Uh, about that AW show, no doubt, was Martin Stone and Zack Sabre Jr. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Um, what what a treat! I mean, to see British wrestling like that brought here to the state of Georgia. Um, if you know, as I wrote in my report, if AW never does anything else, they did that, um, and it was well worth uh, the price of admission just to see that match. I mean, the show had some of. Uh, I, well, the other thing I want to say about it is that the post-match was so moving between those guys, uh, the, the history between them and the way they talked about it and laid it out, and the way they, they never for a second uh, – there were no holes in it in terms of – it always felt like a real contest all the way through. Right. From beginning to end, and then they l- l- let it all out at the end there just in terms of talking about you know how much these guys love and respect each other. It was just – it was just – Beautiful, just tremendous. I just can't say enough good things about it. Go out of your way to see it wherever it shows up in video form if you weren't there. I mean, um, just what, uh, how was the match between uh, – was it, it Jimmy Rave and Sammy Callahan, correct? Yeah, it was It was good. Um, you know, the crowd was kind of fading a little bit about that point. You know, the, the show had some of the usual AWE flaws with nine matches, and it went three hours and 45 minutes. Ooh, and wee. by that time it was, so it was, yeah, that they went 16 minutes. So the match, they went in like, yeah, it was almost three and a half hours before they went into the ring. So, you know, definitely not the ideal circumstances. And then they had an opener, a seven man scramble that went more than 30 minutes and guys were doing like tons of finishers and everything. And, you know, that kind of stuff always grates on me with AWE. But I mean, the women's match was fun as Ashton Starr always is fun and that yeah. Darby Allen guy, what a nut that guy is! That guy is um, nutso cuckoo. <laughs> I think I think if 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 people haven't seen him, one, I mean, just his name alone, um, as Jeff G. Bailey yeah. says, that's a lot to live up to if you take a name like that. And he does, <laughs> and he's a guy that I feel like um, if AWE got him again, 
I think he would be a draw in and of himself, and it would probably be the last time you would be able to get to see him. Not not because he's going to die, but he's somebody who I feel like is going to like take off, um, just because he's he sort of hits this weird niche in what he does and what he's willing to do. Um, that yeah, I just get the feeling you're not going to get too many more chances to see that guy. So if he shows up again at AWE and you didn't check him out. Um, you probably need to go do that, but he was bonkers, Kuka. What was the, what was the highlight of that match? It was him and Iceberg, yes. Yeah, I mean they worked together really well. It was really interesting to watch, and Berg just put him over huge after the match as a guy who's going to blow up. And uh, I mean, what can you say? I mean, for the finish, he just did a, 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 a nasty plunge, just fell backwards off the top rope on top of uh, Berg. And then, and then pinned him. Just crossed his arms across his body, just fell backwards. It was just really crazy. Um, so yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was really fun. Um, so yeah, that overall, I really I really enjoyed the show, and definitely a, a, a huge step up for AWE. That venue is tremendous. I, I I certainly hope they can come back there and run again. They didn't announce a date for show of the year three. I hope that's where it is, but. Um, it would be wonderful if it was there. So, yeah, good things from them. And a show of the year three, if I remember right, because that that one's always in honor of Josh Wheeler's father, correct? And so it would be on his birthday. I think that's like December 26th or 27th. Um, yeah, that's and they right. said they were always going to do it yeah. on that date. Yeah. Correct, yeah. correct. So, yeah, yeah. And they did announce um, their first cage match ever for that, the Carnies versus uh, uh, Hierarchy for that. Oh, wow. Cool, cool. Well, you know, I think I think in general, Georgia Indie Wrestling, with a couple of exceptions, has been doing extraordinarily well. PCW's doing lights out after Sacred Ground, which has never happened before. Um, you know, Southern Fried reported a very big crowd at their last show. Um, they reported 175. Um, mm-hmm. And and Saturday night, um, you know, Why We Wrestle, um, who has been suffering on average with very low crowds, um, though the show before apparently got at least 70, um, they really came through in grand style. I think, I think again, Dan, it, it's a big step towards Dan, like being that contender for Booker of the Year based on it, how that show seemed like it went down. Yeah, I talked to Dan at the show, and he said, you know, he's he's never really satisfied, and he hasn't been satisfied since he's been at Why We Wrestle. But this show, he was satisfied. This was the yeah. first time he felt like they really nailed it, and they and they, and they did. It had that feeling of Anarchy Big Shows and Wildside Big Shows from years ago past, and a feeling in that building that I thought may never come back again. Um, but yeah. Uh, props to all of those guys. I mean, Bl- uh, Kevin Blue and Slim J and the and that uh, TLC. You know, they they really pulled it off. I mean, that was that was uh, tremendous. And Strick and Miller and the bloodbath in the main event. I mean, yeah, the first half of the show was like okay, but the second half was gangbusters. Mm. And they they drew in the 140s, which is uh, <laughs> which is a really healthy number. Um, and that's good to see. I think the owner, oh, it's fucking Danny only. So I think Danny 
has finally, <laughs> I don't know why, why we keep this gimmick going. It's terrible. <laughs> so I think Danny, because uh, for a while he was throwing his promotional muscle into Athens, where he lives now, which is possibly the dumbest thing that happened all year in Georgia indie wrestling outside of uh, Greg Green. So, like, uh, you know, that is obviously a waste of resources, time, money, and our intelligence. But if it's true that they're back promoting in Cornelia, um, that can't help to bode good things going forward because you, you got the feeling that people were just not happy overall. But, you know, I think the momentum coming off of this, if they can maintain a presence in Cornelia and do things like show up at the fairs there and promote and promote and promote and remind people that they're still wrestling in that building. And it's really, really good. I mean, for a while, that their crowds were much smaller than warranted based on how hard the guys were working and the kind of things Dan was pulling off. So that was really good to see that Fright Night yeah, did so well. And they succeeded at one of the, to me, one of the key things is they got a lot of new eyeballs on the product and then gave them the great show. Uh, yes. If this doesn't bring people back, I don't know what would. I think you still have the, the thing there of, well, okay, they know to come back for the big shows. They come back in between. That's always been kind of a, an issue there as far as drawing in between the big shows. But, yeah, and uh, I will say, though, there is a – this is not confirmed, but I understand that there at least has been some consideration of running a show in Athens. Now, I don't have – again, I don't have that that's – confirmed that that's going to happen, but at least it's been explored. Right. Hmm. Well, um, all that said, you know, Goldberg made an appearance on last week's <laughs> Raw uh, to what passes for gangbuster numbers now, right? At least he got them above 3 million viewers for the entire show. And I remember commenting um, where that was a good, of course, that's a good thing. Anytime people are watching, um, even though I found his promo, while, while incredibly sincere to be absolutely terrible, um, just in terms of like, just, it was just sort of this rambling mess, but at least it felt real, which is more than you can say for most of what's going on. But I remember thinking, you know, they, they saved Goldberg for the end, obviously to keep people watching throughout the show. And they did a good job of educating a new audience. Here's Goldberg's debut. Here's where he beat Hogan in the Georgia Dome. Here's where he beat Triple H. You know, just sort of like, here's Goldberg. This is why he's a big deal. And he got the appropriate reaction in Denver. But my two reactions were, well, it's Denver. That doesn't count. Because um, Denver is wrestling starved. The WWE only goes there twice a year. And it's always, the crowd is so grateful to have them there. They respond appropriately. You know, this, this crazy thing where they boo the heels and cheer the faces. And all of that was on full display. But I remember thinking, but man, they saw a shitty show. I just, thought, I just think Raw is so bad, badly presented. And then, um, I don't know if you saw last night's show. Um, oh, yeah, I was going to comment on that. As, yes, as please do. Well, as the... Uh, Goldberg segment worked. That's how badly <laughs> the, the Lesnar Heyman segment flopped. Oh man! So they. <laughs> they I mean, let's it. let's let's break this down. They thought in the guy's home freaking town that they were going to boo him. That Heyman's directions were 
no matter what, continue to try to get this crowd to boo him. And <laughs> I, uh, and this is bla- what I'm going to say is blasphemy. But if if we don't have an episode where I don't say something completely blasphemous that gets me a bunch of messages with people saying I'm an idiot, it, we're not. I'm not doing my job. Uh, Foley's promo, which people are falling all over themselves for, really? I actually thought it was. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was forced. I thought it was an attempt to sort of capture a spirit that they had not earned. So it came across to me as, I don't know who this is convincing to do the thing, which maybe that isn't the point nowadays. Um, But uh, yeah, I found it to be very overwrought. And I think they've booked themselves into a corner with Hell in the Cell in general, um, where you have three matches that, don't hold up to any kind of scrutiny on they deserve a hell in the cell. So then they've made those matches about something else, especially with the women. They continue to push this idea of, well, they're going to main event. Well, they might main event. Well, they're going to main event. And if they main event, they deserve it. And it's history. And they keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. But at the end of the day, I, you know, hell in the cell, they Foley's promo. It went for it. Like it's supposed to, Right that the the implication was it was going to be this amazing career changing thing. But when you look at that card, I just, there's no way it's going to deliver. <laughs> I mean, that's just my feeling on it that it's not that the guys won't work hard. It's not that the women won't work hard, but I, I don't know how many times um, they can, I, I call it the WCWing of the WWE, which is, now that they have a, sh- a pay-per-view, uh, conceivably every two to three weeks, and everything they do is promoted as history-making and the greatest thing ever. It just reeks of Tony Schiavone-ness, where it's like, <laughs> you know, every, every, every pay-per-view is, this is a WrestleMania-worthy match. Remember, they were promoting that every single show. WrestleMania-worthy match, WrestleMania-worthy match. And now with Hell in the Cell, it's like, history, the women are doing this thing. And it's going to be amazing. And uh, I, I just, man, it feels like promotional hot shotting, if that makes sense. Um, you mean, where, that Steve, that doing three Hell in the Cells, is, is, you're saying that's hot shotting to do three Hell in the Cells on one show? <laughs> well, three Hell in the Cells is especially because none of those matches are truly earned. They're all feuds. But why, what distinguishes them? Why did they need Hell in the Cell? Um, and, I, oh. and I know this stuff doesn't matter anymore. No, that you know, ship like, sailed. <laughs> that ship is, has long sailed, and it's sort of another indication. I mean, you figure, I, I, I see it like this. It's only a matter of time before they bust out war games. And when they do, it's going to be for the lamest of reasons. It's going to be some SmackDown versus Raw war games. And it won't feel like a real blood feud. It'll just be a a gimmick in the worst sense of that word. I think that's something that they've done without even realizing it is they've made gimmick matches truly just gimmicks. It's sort of oddities and attractions, but without that connotation of, I can't miss this. The closest that they've done, I guess, is the women in the Hell in the Cell, which they're promoting it as this great historical thing. But 
I mean, I'm actually terrified for them just because every match I've seen them wrestle is this mind-blowingly good match, but it really does seem like they're pushing. It really does seem like they're one small mistake away from something really terrible happening. That's the feeling I get when I watch all of these big matches. And I mean, you have the string of guys getting hurt and doing weird, unnecessary spots and guys taking stuff wrong and hell in the cell. I mean, how much pressure are those women going to feel if they're in the last match? Especially, you know, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins are going to pull out some stops. What are the women going to, I mean, are we going to see something crazy? Like is Charlotte going to climb more than halfway up that cage and then hit, try to hit some kind of twisting moonsault onto, you know, Sasha Banks on a table. Like, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, especially because in th- do, are they going to use blood? Do you think? I'm wondering. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then you got that thing of doing hell in the cells without blood, but then you're not supposed to be using blood. You know, I think it'd be okay if they did, but then are we going to get blood in all three of these things? I don't know. You know, Will they I, I mean, blood I, I, the women. I don't know. You know, for Sacred Ground Two, we we try to do three matches in a cage and. Obviously, the, there's more than one reason for that. One of ours is once that cage gets set up, we don't, we don't have a fancy little lever we can pull and move the cage up and down. That's one reason. Uh, but two, those are three stories that we thought warranted it, and then we gave three finishes that were completely different that warranted it. It was, you know, it was when Pandora and Aisha, now now dementia, but then Aisha, were in the middle of the most violent feud of that year anywhere, I would argue. And that was the, that was the culmination. And of course the finish of that is they both fell off the top of the cage through tables. And then right, you had right. Jay, Jay against nemesis, uh, like the concrete gorillas feud where they hung him sideways through the, through the cage. And then of course, Mason against grotesque, um, which was, you know, the beginning of the empire against PCW feud. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what Hell in the Cell is going to be. Um, you wanted to talk about one other WWE thing, and then I know we have well, Michael yeah, Stevens. I, I, I wanted already. to touch on the stock, and I wanted to hear your your TNA story. But the clock on the wall says we need to go to our guest, and we'll have to come back. Please do back that you, towards the end. And I say guest because I see two numbers here, and I don't know if we've got both beautiful ball besties or if we just got like. Dueling phone numbers here. Let's see what we got. If it's that jokester guy, Larry, I'm just like, no, I'm going to stab my own eyes out. (laughs) No, not, no, it's not one of those numbers. I'm going to, I'm going to hazard a guess that we may have beautiful, both beautiful ball besties, Michael uh, Stevens and Zach Edwards on the line. Is that the case? Oh, tremendous. Personally, Michael Stevens. Hey, Michael. (laughs) Oh, Zach, Zach. Ah, Welcome to the yes. tipping point, gentlemen. What's going on? <laughs> hey, you, guys. Already ate up, you already ate up six of the minutes. <laughs> Talking about um, Let's go. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fire out this question for you guys right away. So tell us about this three state thing that you guys just did. That looks awesome. Tell us about that. Um Friday nights in Fort Valley. Uh, that is Fort Valley, Georgia, and then we had a casino show for old Mike Jackson in Mississippi, yes. and then we went from yeah, Mike Jackson is my hero. Uh, then we went from Mississippi uh, to South Carolina for Russell Force. Wow! So 
so t- tell me about rest and and this was the the two of you and of course drew atler so the backbone was at all three of these events yeah we're pretty badass <laughs> That is pretty badass. So, which show? I mean, you know, obviously there's the the Mike Jackson bias, but which one of those shows was the most um, exciting for you guys to do? Which one were you looking forward to doing the most? Oh, Mississippi, because it had a legit casino, <laughs> and it was it was in a convention hall of a casino, and there was about a thousand people in and out. So, and it had professional line. It was it was pretty fancy. Nice. Where in Mississippi? Was it Tupelo, Mississippi? Uh, Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Oh, good. That's nicer. (laughs) (laughs) It was a random casino show, and we hopped all over and then lost all of our money because we like to gamble. (laughs) Hey, how did clouds react to your pressure with wrestling? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Hold on. What? Okay. You guys can't talk. All right, now go. Tell us about Russell Force. Uh, Russell Force. Uh, yeah, we got down there. It was in. Uh, it was outside of a bar that I think it was actually Robert Keller's bar, uh, and that actually did pretty. It was like kind of like Sturgis. There were some people pulling up on bikes. Everybody was pretty drunk, which was pretty cool. Uh, and that capped off our fantastic weekend. Cool. And Russell what Force has. Uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, please. Oh, I was just talking about like the uh, the roster for the uh, Russell Force. I mean, it's got John Schuyler, Core Hollis, uh, Pierce was there, Gunner. Like, uh, there was a lot of good talent actually at that show. How did you guys get hooked up with that show? Uh, I guess just being good looking. I don't really know. Mm. No, we uh, we work we work for uh, that. What is it called in South Carolina, <laughs> Joe? OSCW. Oh, OSCW in uh, South Carolina. We started doing that earlier this year and pretty much just made connections through that. And the, uh, the Robert Keller guy uh, helps with that show, so he got us on this one. Nice. Hey, you know, uh, before we go any further, I mean, it is only what, October. Uh, it's nice to be able to congratulate you on this show for uh, winning Georgia Wrestling Tag Team of the Year since we never got you on after you won the awards. <laughs> Uh, you can just get us in our uh, when is it January? You can get us next year. It'll be fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let, let's talk about that for a moment. So, um, you guys won last year for for team or click or whatever. Um, you guys won that. Um, obviously, I would say you're the front runners this year. Is there is there any kind of groups or tag teams that you guys see or have worked uh, in Georgia who you think are contenders for that? Uh, ooh. Mm, that is tricky. Uh, tricky, like is no, no, no. They're, uh, not just <laughs> like. I mean, there's other people. I guess technically they'd be contenders, but they're way low on the list. And we had, you see- the two top places in Georgia are pretty much Peach State and Southern Fraud, and we've had their tag titles the majority of the year. So I don't really see many contenders. Um, do you think it's more appropriate for you guys to win if you were to win as Backbone or as Beautiful Ball Besties? This this year maybe Backbone. Last year was definitely uh, more uh, Beautiful Ball Besties. Uh, but Drew, uh, I mean, he goes everywhere with us, and he has the best matches on pretty much every show he's on. 
So how he doesn't get noticed more by himself, I'm not so sure. But uh, I would give it to the group. I'd give it to the group this year. I'm sure you guys have been asked this many times, but not on this show. Can you tell us about the formation of Beautiful Ball Besties? How did this wonderful act come about? Uh, in the back seat of Drew's Malibu, and that is not being uh, sexual. No, see, see, you, you dirty bastards, you. Uh, we were wanting the team forever. I've known Zach for Zach how long? Like seventeen years. Yeah, a legit. Yeah, that's legit. We went to high school together in elementary school. All that crap. Uh, and then we the realized. This, this is a real life story. Figure from the playground. And I went up to him, and we started trading wrestling figures. <laughs> this, and then we realized that because we're uh, – it always used to be me and uh, my old partner, Anthony, versus Drew and Zach everywhere. And then people were just like, man, why are these two guys, bald guys fighting each other? And we're like, man, we should probably just team up. Uh, so that's what we did. Pretty simple. You guys have you guys have worked at a bunch of different places, places that I would not have expected. AWE, for example. And uh, is there any other place in Georgia that you think, oh, I'd like to I'd like to wrestle there once or twice? Obviously, you guys are getting out of state. Obviously, you guys are doing a lot of different things. But are there any promotions in Georgia where you're like, you know what, I'd like to I'd like to work there at least once, or I'd like to have uh, a little bit of a run in a place that maybe you've been to once or twice just to see what, what you could really do with a, that different audience. Uh, we've been, we've been pretty much everywhere in Georgia. I would like to give a, while we wrestle a chance, if, uh, if our schedules ever permit, just cause I know they're getting a, uh, they sound like they have pretty good tag division. So if we ever get a chance, uh, I think personally, I would like to go down there and give it a shot. But everywhere else, we're pretty we're pretty much there, and probably they're tag champions. <laughs> well, along those lines, have you guys ever wrestled the Lynch brothers? No, I've never even met them. Ah, oh, that yeah. that'd be yeah. I could you bring up uh, why we wrestle? I think you guys against them or against the monarchy would be interesting. Both interesting matches. Yes. Uh, see, I've heard I've heard a lot about the Lynch brothers, and I would like to uh, grapple with them. Uh, and it, they seem like they're bringing in and out uh, tag team. Most places we go don't really have tag teams, right? Like uh, the tag division. Now that uh, Platinum Favorites, the Bullets are too busy. There, there's really no tag teams around. That it's usually just us versus some guy and then a random other guy. Yeah, we fought Bob uh, Bob Kane about eight thousand times in some yeah. front. Yes. Um, tell me about <laughs> on uh, the same night as Sacred Ground or the same day, actually, uh, this birthday party freaking show. So I, <laughs> I spent the night at Simon Sermon's, uh, no dirty thoughts, please, um, after Sacred Ground. And he was talking about this fucking birthday party show. Um, it sounds absolutely crazy. It's just one of these like slices of weird Georgia wrestling that most people don't know about. Can you guys go into who the fuck is this birthday party for? How does this thing get lined up every year? And what were the unique challenges of this year? Zach, you have this. What was it, Little Wayne's cousin or something? It's uh, Little John's cousin, the dude who's known for saying yeah and what or okay. Yeah. 
that <laughs> it's his brother. And literally, they have this house that nobody lives in. They just do the birthday party at it. So that's how rich they are, first of all. Um, and they, they do a birthday party for this little dude named Matt, and they call it Matamania every year. <laughs> and it's in kind of a – I wouldn't say sketchy, but it's a predominantly black neighborhood. And the main problem we had this year is we had no black people on the show. Right. Because Marco Polo Marco Polo isn't there. AJ Steele isn't there. They're supposed to be there. And so they have yep. they want to so we had to get creative, man. We had to get creative. We did a battle royal that me and Marv won. But then we were like, a black guy's gotta go over. So we had the dad go over. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought of dad going over? Who thought of dad being involved in the finish and dumping you guys out? Uh, I think it was a combo. Me and Mark kind of came together on that one. You, you, you can you can have it. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, uh, they, we this, do stuff like that all the time, own. though. Yeah. Awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, when I heard about the show, now to most people, they would listen to this and go, "That sounds stupid." That sounds. That is such an integral, unspoken part of indie wrestling is doing gigs like that, um, doing gigs like I've done gigs at like bar mitzvahs or they want some weird little wrestling thing at a kid's party or this, that, or the other, um, or at a carnival, but it's not like a full wrestling show, like at a state fair, but it's just like, eh, go out there and do something. I've seen wrestling at like at horse races where in between the horse races, the wrestlers come out and do their thing on like a dirt field. It's just it's one of those aspects. The thing about those gigs though, is they always pay. They always like legitimately pay. Um, and I don't know. I think it's really a part of the education. That sounds stupid. I mean, would you guys back that up that there are things to be learned even on a show like that? Oh, 100%. And like I said, uh, that gig paid probably more than most Georgia shows. Yes. Like, uh, and they had a uh, Matt mania 10 t-shirts. Uh, this kid had his own T-shirts. He had his own water bottles with logos on it. Like, this family, they didn't spare any expense. And I look at it as like we're networking. Uh, not not only do we get, you know, get paid to do it, but we're networking because if we did, like, Simon was actually uh, in charge of that one. But he'll remember that we did, you know, that show. If he ever does a huge show, he'll remember who was actually showed up to the birthday parties. Yeah. So it's all networking, and then I just. Would you rank that as the weirdest booking you've done, or is something else jump out as the weirdest Jesus wrestling booking Christ, you guys have no. taken? Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, I was – I don't know if it's weirdest, but, I mean, I wrestled in Dollar General parking lot. I was – I had to change in Dollar <laughs> General bathroom. It's not very big. Uh, yeah, weirdest. And there was, there, was a, there was a lot of little kids, and, I mean, they had bouncy houses, everything. Zach, weirdest gig you've ever had? Um, we've done shit where we had to get dressed out like outside, like in the middle of a field, you know, like there's no covering <laughs> up. So, I mean, that always, you know, kind of brings into perspective, you know, how lucky we are, I guess. <laughs> when, we get four, when we get four walls to get dressed in between, you know, we're lucky guys. I once had to walk behind a semi-truck just so I could make my entrance back 
from the semi truck, uh, just because there was no entrance anywhere. But those are all fun. Part of the part of the game. Uh, Larry, uh, weirdest Larry, real quick, weirdest wrestling show you've ever seen. I can only imagine what the f that'll be. What's the weirdest gig you can remember seeing for a wrestling show? Oh God, Hmm. probably that one at uh, what's the name of that? Something War Zone Wrestling at the at that uh, like state. Well, it wasn't a stable, but it's like a, a, a. Barn kind of thing out here near my house. That was very strange. The, 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 they they didn't have an elevated ring at all. The ring was like on the ground. It was very strange. <laughs> like the training ring and ready to rumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a training. It was just like it wasn't, it wasn't elevated all around. So you, you couldn't really see because it was down on the ground. You know, it was very very weird. But speaking of weird, I I, I want to go back in time a little bit here and uh as far as weird, weird gig goes and ask you michael about your time in uh great championship wrestling over working for diane hughes in uh phoenix city what a random question first of all yeah because yeah. that has been shut down for years but uh i kind of just came in to do what i do best and job uh, at the time it was kodiak uh and i just kind of flew under the radar until it shut down i was there forever but uh, she she was always nice to me. Everybody says she was crazy, but she loved me. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I asked. Was, I think that was the first time place I saw you wrestle, and there were yeah, so many weird stories that came out of that place. Yeah, you, you buried me all the time. I didn't care, but like you did. Fuck you, by the way. Uh, but it's cool <laughs> now. Uh, no, and it was good for me because uh, that was where that was the first show that I did to where it was pretty much one of the first shows that was worth the crap that I did because uh, the guys that I trained under, they tried to just keep you at the one place forever without going anywhere. But uh, mm-hmm. I did GCW and that's where I met Sal, Jimmy Rave, Crew Jones and all these people. And that's when I first started actually learning like uh, Johnny Swinger. Cause where, where we started, uh, which I'm still there, AWN, the people that were there at the time, they didn't know what they were doing at all. So, all these bad habits that they gave us. I mean, there's nobody there to correct them. So that's when I hooked up with uh, Sal, and he started to ride with us. Uh, me, him, and Drew started to ride uh, every, it was pretty much every Thursday. And that, that got me onto Rampage, and that's like that's where I met everyone that's pretty much good in Georgia. Nice. nice. You mentioned AWN and how – Years ago, that they weren't very good. Obviously, that's all. changed. That that that's, that has changed. Is it because the people that were there got better and learned, or is it because different people kind of came in and taught and are now running it? What's the story there? To, to me, it's kind of a mixture of both. Like I got, like I said, I would still do those shows, uh, but I would also I was doing other shows, so I would get better. And then whatever a sour Jim would tell me, I would tell my friends. And once, pretty much, once I took over, uh, all the, I just, I mean, I got rid of all the crappy people that never did anything, that didn't want to learn anything, because they they were in their 40s, and they knew their way was the right way, Mm. and it wasn't. So, we got, there's no one there now, because I've been been there, uh, I started training when I was 15, so I've been there over uh, 13 years now, and there's no one there but me left from when I started like, everybody had either retired or just – I mean, they were only doing AWN. They were doing nothing else. 
So once uh, the new kid came came in and kind of took over, they all quit. Yeah. Thank God. Who's who's an example? I mean, you know, uh, you may not feel comfortable naming a name. Oh, who's Danny somebody Horn. Who's an... There's a guy named Ash. I mean, I'll name the whole roster. I don't care. Oh, Danny, fucking like Danny a... Horn. I hate that yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> now, um, I, I will say that, like, uh, so Simon and uh, Tommy were there when I first – they just don't do it anymore. They're the only right. two that actually do shows, period. Like, from when I started – and that was the crew when I started. They're the only two that do anything now. Yeah. <clears throat> but everyone else, they don't like said they don't do AW anymore. But everyone else, I mean, they just don't, they stopped wrestling. So Fucking Danny reason, Horn. All right, I I feel like talking shit on Danny Horn a little bit. So like, <laughs> Danny Horn is a guy who like always bothered me for booking. Like, you should book me and you should book me. And so I I tell him the standard thing when there it's somebody that I don't want to book, which is just like, well, you know, I mean, you can come in, but blah blah blah. I don't guarantee you anything. And so he, he quoted me a price, which was fucking ridiculous. I just, I just remember at the time, whatever price he quoted me, I just like, fuck, are you kidding me? And, uh, 15. and then we, <laughs> and then we sort of let it go. But he's a guy who like spoils wrestling stuff. Um, when SmackDown was taped, he would sort of just go like, I can't believe blah, blah, blah. And so I just, I messaged him and I went, no big deal. But I'm like, Jesus moron, can you like not like just and and then he had this weird logic of like, well, you could go to wrestling news sites and read the same thing. So what's the big deal? <laughs> and I just and I just went ah, and I I called him a fucking cocksucker or something. I was just like I just like messaged him back and just said cocksucker. Um and then that was the end of it and then he blocked me. But uh, you have do you have a Danny Horn is a moron story for us, please. <laughs> uh he used to carry his championship around town. I don't really know if that, I'm sure a bunch of people have done, but he would, he thought it was real. Like he thought he was awesome. really the champion. And then he's like, there's a certain, there's a certain number of people that I've met that will ask, that will ask me to be booked. And then when I finally agree the day of, uh, they just, they say they can't make it. And then oh. just have, so I have a personal, I have a personal list of people that I won't even mess with at all because like I try to be, even if I don't like them personally, I will still book certain people because I've, I mean, it's wrestling. But then there comes a certain time to where you just have to like say fuck it because they're not, they're asking you to be booked, they're begging you to be booked, and then they don't show up for the booking. It makes no sense. And Danny's personally, he was a cab driver that didn't even have a ride to the show. I don't understand how you're a cab driver and you can't <laughs> cab yourself to the show. Um, Again, he's just an that- example. Zach, tell me something about Michael Stevens that most people wouldn't know. And then, Michael, if you could do the same about Zach. What's something about – because you guys are a legit team. And what I mean by that is not only do you team together, it's in the same way that I call Jeff G. Bailey one of the managers that's one of the few real managers, meaning he actually handles Gunnar Miller's career. Um, So I consider him a real manager. You guys are a real team in that it's not just that you team together frequently. I think you you said the Bullets were the other like real team because legitimately they've got each other's back that they think of themselves as a unit first. Um, So I'm just interested. What's something that either one of you could say about the other one that most people wouldn't know or don't associate with them? Yeah, Zach, go ahead. Um. 
nine times out of ten, if you see Marv, look at his shirt. There's a, like I said, there's probably a nine out of ten chance that he's going to have ketchup or some form <laughs> of ingredients on his shirt. He cannot help but to spill ketchup or mustard or something on his shirt every damn day. That's per. That's purely speculation. That's true as fuck. Uh, we we talked. Uh, we coined Zach as the Life Grinch because he hates everything from cartoons to trees. Zach hates everything. So wow. me and my other friends call him the Life Grinch. Zach, who hurt you? What's her name? Why are you this way? Why do you hate everything, Zach? Uh, my dad just threw my mom through a window. No big deal. Uh, see, we're a tag team because I knew that answer was coming. Because he tells everyone about that story. But I don't think that either one of us, like, uh, I, we don't take bookings singles at all. Unless, like, unless someone randomly asks or, like, one of us can't make something, we'll ask each other. But we, I don't think yet, we, other than when he was hurt from his knee surgery, we don't take single bookings. Like, there'll be some tag teams that will, you know, they tag whenever they can. We only tag together. Yeah. Do you know who my least favorite booker is? Who's that? Marv, because he makes me do single matches. Yeah, yeah. Me and him are. Uh, other than that, me and him are we're singles there. Hey, uh, Michael, who uh, has you, who would you consider to be your big influences when it comes to uh, being a booker? I just read Gary Hart's book, and that was awesome. Oh my uh, God, yeah. But like, I wasn't alive for most of his stuff. But since I read his book. I'll say he's the top right now, currently. And then I try to take uh, – this is based off what you guys were complaining about earlier. I like uh, the WWE way of things. I know that that's not the popular answer. But I, uh, I like – I don't – I haven't got to talk to the people that book it. But just based off what they do, I try to emulate that as much as possible because pretty much it comes from the top. But other than that, right. I would like Gary Hart right now. Gary Hart right now. I I gotta ask, what is it about WWE booking that you want to emulate? Uh, the millions and millions of fans that they bring in. It, it's not it's okay. not really so much of that. Uh, like uh, that was a joke. It's not that I emulate it. It's just like uh, I believe <sighs> the children are our future. That was just a song quote, but. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I do book like. I mean, we don't. We're not trying to like. We're definitely PG. Like, uh, I mean, Drew said some choice words just last show that's online. That necessarily wasn't PG, but just uh, I like a main main big baby face, and then like uh, I've noticed that over the because I've booked on and off for years and years and years now. And I find myself I lean more towards the faction versus the top babyface just because the Heaney Payment versus Hogan. Uh, that's what I find myself doing the most. Um, last question for me, and this is for for both of you, so you can answer in your own individual way. What's something? Because you guys have been kind of doing your thing 
since I could remember, since I've been in Georgia, and I, I mean, your names would pop up here, there, and everywhere, and show reports I would read and things like that. What's, what's, what's something about Georgia wrestling that has surprised you with how it's changed? It can be a person who you thought, this guy is fucking worthless. I was talking to somebody, and they're saying how, like, they never thought Sean Tempers would be anything. Like, they're just like, that guy was fucking pudgy, and he sucked, and we just we tried to get him out of there, but lo and behold, he became great. Either it can be somebody who you thought was going to be shit that improved, or just a general thing about Georgia indie wrestling. What's, what's something that surprised you with how it's changed over the years since you guys have been doing this? Zach, what do you got? Um, so I watched Drew Adler's very first match, and I see where he's at now. And I'm a little biased, mm. maybe, but I don't think Drew gets the love he deserves. I hear everybody mentioning great people and that whole scenic invitational, you know, how the greatest wrestlers were on it. Drew wasn't yeah. on it. Right. Uh, for me, it's more of like uh, from when I, where I started, like, at GCW and Rampage and stuff, uh, everybody pretty much is gone. Like, from whatever, not even just, like, AWM, but, like I said, uh, I started out with people like, Rob Adonis, and then he got hurt. Uh, Hot Like Lava, they're gone. Uh, J-Rod, I don't really see him anymore. And those are the guys yeah. that like, used to intimidate. They used to intimidate me on shows because they were so much better than us. And we like to say that the bottom uh, fell out because that's how we are pretty much at the top now because everybody left hmm. uh, for whatever for whatever reason. But if you look at a lot of the people that used to do GCW, like, I mean Kodiak, for example, he's gone. There's just a bunch of people that aren't around anymore that I would not have <laughs> thought. Yes. Larry, your final question. Well, I, I want to give these guys a chance to talk about Halloween Hell that's coming up here on November 4th. Yeah, man. War Games. I started this. I uh, had this idea. Uh, like I said, I always try to – I end up finding myself doing uh, factions – and uh, I I saw it more as like when ROH did their scum angle. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was gonna emulate at first. But uh, then then some things happened to where I kind of just got away from that. And we used to do a group uh, about four or five years ago, and we would call ourselves the Roster because uh, me and my friends were pretty much the only ones that were doing uh, AWN, other than your the last few hang-ons of the old people. So. They would always walk around, and they would refer to us as the clique, but we just would say we're the whole damn roster. So we we did a group uh, named Roster AWN, and then years later, we, when I was going to do the scum-type angle, I realized it was mainly just uh, a bunch of the roster people. So then we, But we didn't want to use the same name. We came up with Backbone, blah, blah, blah. And I've had this uh, match November 4th planned uh, since it was uh, the end of 2014. So Whoa, to find and like <laughs> no, uh, that's nobody does like. So I was really afraid. Other than like one or two things that was supposed to change or that was supposed to be different, it's been exactly how I wanted it to go. Awesome. Like there's one person, there's one person that's uh, was supposed to be in the cage. It's not, and now uh, now I have some issues up coming up with someone maybe not be there. But other than that, like I've planned this. A, the end of 2014 and I knew exactly where I was going with it. So I'm happy to see that uh, I actually stayed at your 
course because a lot of times people will get off course. They'll have this bright idea, and then oh, they'll yeah. just let it go away. Uh, I believe in working backwards. Absolutely, which is which is again a very WWE thing. I, any great booker, really, but the WWF, I think, really made that famous of like from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. You know, like what's it going to yeah. be? And you know, Pat Patterson and and JJ Dillon and Vince McMahon would go, "What do we want the main event of WrestleMania to be?" And let's work backwards to this WrestleMania. Uh, and I was I listened to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, and uh, he actually influences me too because he talks about those old times. WWE made it. They're not. Uh, they don't come across as they do it so much anymore. It's where it's a long-term booking. But uh, definitely back in the day, you can tell. You know, they had, like I said, from Hogan and Macho uh, Mania Five, they had had that planned. He said forever before they started it. That's yeah. what I like. You got you got to be able to change with the course because people are going to get pissy and then people are going to get hurt or whatever. But like I said, other than that, I've been really happy that the fourth is pretty much what I've had planned for about two years. Awesome. Um, you guys are great guests. Is there anything that you want to talk about um, shows coming up and things going on at AWN and whatnot that you want to talk about before you go? Uh, um, I'll plug it. It's, it's at the Byron middle school gym, uh, November 4th uh, in Byron, Georgia. Zach, go ahead. Um, you can catch us at Southern Fried November 19th. Um, we have Peach State the first. It's usually the first and third Saturdays, but I believe we're doing a TLC match the fourth Saturday Ooh. of November with Trending November Now. November Yeah. They, so uh, those are they our, challenged our big us shows last show. Up. Yeah. Trending Now uh, challenged us last show while we're in Mississippi. Uh, we haven't actually accepted yet, but Zach, if you're okay with it, we can go on record now because you pretty much did, and let's just go ahead and accept it. It's because uh, we're the current tag champions. Yeah, so uh, we'll uh, we accept TLC matches November twenty sixth for Peach State. Well, fantastic! Okay. Uh, thank you guys, and um, there's a good chance we'll be talking to you again at the beginning of the year, unless Larry pisses you off and you don't call in again. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't so, know how many of these I can do. Jesus Christ! For real though, uh, um, I'll, I'll let I'll let Zach call in. <laughs> hey, later guys! It's time for the SmackDown pre-show. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks. Hey Steve, nice, we've got nice. a uh, yeah. Yep, Very please. nice. We ha- what do we have? We, we, what do we have later? We have a caller. Now it's it's not the caller, at least again, unless he's in disguise, but we have somebody who wants down the line. Do you wanna take a chance on this? Sure. You have your finger on the button, but yes. Yes, yes I'm yes, ready. Please. I'm ready. I got the trigger. I'm ready on the trigger finger here. Do you mean to tell me I'm not infamous? I'm not an infamous caller. Just the voice alone doesn't tip people off to shenanigans no. and Georgia. I mean, God damn it, Larry Goodman! I was the GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com announcer of the year. Does the site even exist at this point? It does. Well, I don't know. It exists it's bigger, bigger and better than ever. I don't know if I could be more excited after hearing that energetic interview you guys just did with the BFS about wrestling. It makes me want to travel across the country and go see what changes are going on at AWN. What are they pulling in there, 50, 60 people, if they're lucky? Damn. Damn. I mean, let's just be real. If, you're, if the booker has been in place for more than six months and they haven't brought the building up, 
shouldn't you find a new booker? Well, Possibly, got, I would say. You, I mean, that's a good question. Actually, same, why would you why would you keep the same creative in a place when the building? I mean, I've stepped foot in that building. I think all of us right. have been in there at least once or twice. It'll hold a couple of hundred people. Hell, I've been in it when it had a couple of hundred people. I was in the building when Wrestling 2 and Ole Anderson were there, and it was standing room only, legit, packed out to the rafters. So what does it take to fill the building up? And if they're not doing it, I think changes should be made, not just there but anywhere. So this guy sounds content and happy with – the 30 or 15 people, I don't know what they drew last week or last well, month. But I mean, wait a second. Do you have some inside source here that you know what they're drawing from California? You know what they're drawing in, in All-Star Wrestling Network? I mean, what, you, you tell me. You're the reporter on the GWH News and Notes. How many people are they drawing, Larry? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm saying, but you sound, it sounds like you do know. Well, I, I, I mean, think I know I, what I'm they're drawing. I'd like, I'm not, okay, well, tell I, me. How many people? Well, here's here's the thing. Uh, I mean, there, it's it hovers in that. It, you know, you're right about the fifty. It goes as high as seventy five, and for bigger shows, a hundred, which is no great shakes. I would argue, though, and this is going to sound like a strange argument as a wrestling person, but uh, you know, for that show, I, I think without knowing the finances, if if that show, like we're in an age, especially in Georgia indie wrestling, where I would argue. As long as your show is honestly sort of pulling its own weight for a lot of shows, that's about as good as it gets. Um, and AWN is one of these shows that's just been around forever. I think it's not an insult to say that it's sort of seen as a B-list show. Um, and maybe getting 200 in there would cost them more than it's worth. Like I, you know, you look at what the payroll of UIW is to draw 75. I can definitely see your argument there, but AWN, I mean, what is that show costing them to put on? Probably not a whole lot I would gather, but I, but I also see where you're coming from argument wise. Yeah. I mean, just being content with that or anything. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But no, Larry, I don't have any insight. I don't have any Georgia connections at this point. I did see Sugar Dunkerton at the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood taping on Sunday. How'd he do? He, excellent. He did great. He, I don't know why he was here or, or what that all entailed, but uh, he did fine. He, uh, yeah, first time meeting him, but that was cool. I, we saw a little piece uh, of I, Georgia, I, a little slice of the Georgia pie. I don't think Sugar Dunkerton's going to show up at the AWN WrestleCollects. By the way, I named it that. Uh, but I don't think he's showing up there anytime soon. Um, I, because, you know, chan- because he mentioned the finances, in which we don't know the answer. But, I mean, if anyone there is getting more than Danny Horn's $15 in a hot dog, <laughs> I'd be shocked. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd be surprised. You know what I think they should do, Larry? I think they should bring a little taste. I mean, is Ben Masters still ringing out over there, or did they get rid of him too? I think they got rid of him. I don't know if Ben Masters is doing it much of anything except for complaining whenever I say anything about him. <laughs> well, I haven't spoke. I haven't had a phone call with Ben Masters in probably four years. But I would say this, and and I'll stick by it. Maybe he lives 10, 15 miles from that building. Maybe they do yeah. need to make some changes. Maybe it is time to turn things around. Maybe bring Ben Masters over there. Having run the whole effing show from top to bottom, not just ring announcer, but actually 
creative and uh, maybe some bring some Peach State Wrestling flavor, not the stuff that's going on now, but the old school Peach State Wrestling flavor in. Uh, I, I could see a tag tournament maybe to open it up with Cowboy Dennis Gale and Steve the Brawler Lawler going out on top. What do you think, Larry? How does that sound <laughs> to you? I mean, let's be real. Wow. We need to see Cowboy Dennis Gale and Steve the Brawler Lawler with tag team championships. They win. They beat the DFS and then uh, turn things around in Fort Valley. Maybe I'll make the trip. <laughs> Sounds like a nightmare. Everyone wants to see Steve the Brawler Lawler back on top with Cowboy Dennis Gale. Maybe Tommy Rich shows up for an appearance. <laughs> God, and get, two, get, two, get 200 people in there for a change. Masters, I um, you know, championship wrestling from Hollywood. We get it out here in Florida at midnight on Saturday. So it's cool. it's sort of a, a thing I've been able to keep up with regularly, and I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the show. It's laid out at very. Least one of us, at least one of us enjoys the program. <laughs> <laughs> it's laid out very simply. Um, like, I'm curious, if, you know, because things can come across very different on television than they do live. What's, what is that crowd like? It doesn't come across incredibly well on television. Is it, is it loud in that building or not? It, it, is, it, it is loud in the building. It is yeah. loud in the building. There's two or three fans that are very high-pitched, energetic, I uh, love to get the chance going, but I don't know what the numbers look like on the TV, but I would say 60, 70 people in the building will hold 200. So we go back to what I just said. What are they doing wrong? Well, let me talk to you for two and a half hours about that. I mean, and I'm here every, you know, here's the deal. I've been working that TV taping for four years, four years. I've missed three tapings in four years. And uh, I think last Sunday was my final appearance, to be honest with you. I just, my mind isn't with it, and they don't listen, and it's too far gone, as David Marquez continues to tell me. It's just too far gone, Dan. So maybe that's what's going on in, in AWN because we tried to change the subject, but maybe that's what's going on. Too far gone. Maybe Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. They've got the largest, though. You are, you are nailing something. They must be doing something right. The largest TV clearance outside of WWE and Ring of Honor. So, I mean, I guess that's exposure. What do they call it? Exposure bucks? Instead of paying somebody two or three hundred dollars, you get your right. TV and they work for free. Is that how that goes? Yes, definitely. Especially for the guys who kind of come in. I don't see the championship wrestling from Hollywood tapes ending up on the WWE network, so I don't know what the what the actual numbers. I will say every year at WrestleMania, I have a huge uh, uh, number of fans that come up and say they watch it. So I mean, people eyes are on that product, so it's a perfect place for an up and comer maybe not someone that's got the time and experience as myself to get over, but it's something for the young guys to go and get noticed. Yeah. I think in the DVR age, you know, like if, if you're someone who likes wrestling and your thing is just recording all the wrestling shows that are on, that's a, that's a way that, you know, maybe a lot of people who wouldn't have seen that show otherwise, especially with so much out there, um, they might catch that show. They go like, Oh, they it recorded the show. I'm going to give it a shot and exactly. start watching it. And then the Fight app, F-I-T-E, it's free, and there's, there's shit programs on there, but I think the Hollywood Wrestling Program is one of the better of, of what's available. And it's absolutely free, so every week fans can go on the F-I-T-E app and watch it. And I personally, I watch that uh, on occasion. 
I'm not big on watching myself, but I'll do that. And then I'll watch Paragon Pro Wrestling. Of course, they're one of the many companies that's fired me over the years. But uh, <laughs> I'll watch their program because I enjoy the production values of it and a couple of the guys there I'm a fan of. So I do keep an eye on that. Not that I'm well, busy hey, uh, doing anything they, else out here. Larry's going to Dan, before we let you go, tell us, about, wa- tell us about WOW. Tell us about WOW. I don't want to talk about WOW Women of Wrestling and the Lakers Bucks and the season opener. I'll be courtside tomorrow at the Lakers game. I don't want to talk about WOWE.com and the all-women's wrestling projects. I want to talk about Cowboy Dennis Gale coming to Fort Valley, Georgia, Ben Masters as the promoter. It's Peach State Wrestling. Tear the sign off the building and clean that place up. I'll make the trip. If that happens, Larry, I'm going to make a prediction on this show. If that, if and when that happens, you and I will be in the building. And if it doesn't, we'll never step foot in there again. <laughs> is, that, well, is that a deal? Can we shake hands on that over Skype? We, we can, I, now, I am going to step foot in there for this uh, Halloween Hell show. So don't whether it. I step foot in there terrible. after that is another story. But if but if, I've already, uh, if listen, is, I've already got there's going to be changes that night. Kamala too, the Botswana beast is going to hit the ring and clear house, and, <laughs> and that's when the changes start. <laughs> I wish Russia well, yeah. Lucas were alive to see it happen, but he's not. But he'll be watching and, and keeping an eye on things from upstairs. Uh, it's going to be cool, Larry. Dan, what kind, what kind of hallucinogens you got out there in the West Coast, for God's sake? I can tell you this: the Golden Boy Mike Golden and his and his valet Bouncing Betty are out here, and we're having a couple cocktails on the back patio and just uh, booking this thing. It's a big return. So somebody call Ben Masters. I think he's got me blocked on all social media. Call him up and tell him the surprise <laughs> has been spoiled, and it's not the gin and juice. It's the it's the tea, at, at at this age. I can just be honest and be real with you. It's the Metamucil and Tito's. So an ice cold Metamucil and Tito's and, uh, and booking Peach State Wrestling's return to Fort Valley, Cordial, Americas. Uh, hell, we may even grow some wings and, and go into Columbus, Georgia, because they need some stuff over there, too. Nice. Well, I think I think Ben Masters is currently running a yoga studio, but we need to get going because Larry has got to watch this Cubs game. I will not forgive myself right. if Larry doesn't get to enjoy every minute of that. That's right. So uh, I can't thank you for calling you guys in. Are going to get out of here and leave me without mentioning Bad Boy Billy Black coming back in the ring in Cordell, Georgia, and Fort Valley. So get the details on GWH News and Notes. GWH News and Notes. I'll have all the news that is news before it happens. Even in my dreams, I'm on GWH News and Notes. And all I'm holding tonight is a Gatorade bottle. And that's all I got. Have a good one. Nicely done. Well, that's how you do it. Well, man, they must have some great designer drugs out there. I mean, wow. How do you spin stuff like that? Oh God! Anything that uh, anything that keeps the rope from around his neck, I suppose. Anyway, <laughs> in two weeks we'll be back with another episode of the Tipping Point. Next week, three the hard way with Matt Hankins and Big Wood. Uh, Larry, where are you going to be this weekend? You know, I don't know. I might be at platinum championship wrestling get I your think, ass uh, to platinum we're doing the good stuff get your ass to platinum uh, i believe we're having the platinum classic to determine the first porterdale city 
champion. So what says Steve is no longer the booker more than a secondary title in the works? Hey, before we run out of here, and I know the Cubs are hitting, hitting the airwaves here quickly, uh, two things. One, uh, WWE reports their earnings this Thursday, and I do I expect a pretty much of a non-event because they projected only for the subscriber numbers to stay basically where they are at about 1.5 million. They did not project mm. an increase. So, and the stock has come down from 21 and a half dollars to under 20. So it's not flying super high like it was before. So I predict that unless they really bomb on the subscriber numbers, that probably not much happens here with this thing. Uh, this time around, but I bet. But next next time, I imagine expectations will be higher because of all of the changes with the split brands and blah blah blah, and all the additional content. I imagine the people will be expecting more, and WWE will be claiming there's going to be more. So we shall see Thursday what what actually comes out of this quarter. But I expect not actually no big fireworks would be my thoughts on that. Uh, the other thing is, two weeks we have Bobby Hayes, one of the Great oh my goodness! Georgia scene is going to be our special guest two weeks from tonight, and three the hard way next week. Awesome. Well, we'll see you then in two weeks for the tipping point with Bobby Hayes. Uh, for Larry Goodman, I am Stephen Platinum. Go Cubbies! I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out for you, Larry. Uh, I you. hope they do it. It'll be certainly fun to watch. And thank you for joining us on the tipping point. Thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.